Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a non-profit Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. We have free audio transcriptions for this podcast linked in the episode description if you wish to read instead of listen. Both Elizabeths are trained writers and editors, so we're going to have some opinions about the construction of the story. These opinions may be different from yours, but we're not attacking the comic, just offering suggestions. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you are old enough to be shipped off of Alternia to serve her imperious condescension. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth, and I'd like to clear a few things up about Aridin and his relationship with Shrek. There's probably nothing more important to Homestuck lore to this, and I know you've all been very patient about it. First, you have to look at Shrek through the eyes of the young troll. We, of course, see a brig green swamp-dwelling beast, an ogre who knows how to have a good time and has a heart of gold, but trolls are raised by monsters, so when Aridin looks at him, he doesn't see an ogre, he sees a father. Specifically, the father he never had, but wishes he did. Highbloods generally have aloof parents, who, due to the standards that they have for their children, often remain emotionally detached and unavailable. This is why it was possible for me to convince Cronus' seahorse dad to fly away with me. Aridin had a similar relationship with his father, and would have benefited from better parenting. So when Trolls spent some time on the meteor re researching Earth culture, Aridin found footage of Shrek, this happened off-screen, and was instantly smitten by this phenomenal father figure, much like Frisco was smitten with the footage of Nick Cage. So when Collide, we see Aridin with a Shrek Lucis, and he appears to be the only non-ghost. But he is a ghost, he's just so happy in the memory of his Shrek dad fantasy that he never remembers he's a ghost, so his eyes don't turn white. His feelings of fondness for Shrek as a father are also closely related to his rivalry with Solix. Solix had a large ogre-like Lucis that was very similar to Shrek, and Aridin was jealous. Often, Solix would passive-aggressively brag about how great his father was and the fun times they had together. His Lucis was always there for him, gave him fun piggyback rides, and absolutely never misgendered him or referred to him by his dead name. Once when Aridin tried to have an honest conversation with his Lucis about gender, Seahorse Dad replied with a derisive snort, which shut the door on that topic forever. Aridin's always resented Solix for his supportive upbringing, which simultaneously stoked their fierce rivalry, as well as the permanent association he makes between kind, compassionate parroting, and big, strong ogres. I feel like I should applaud. This just came in a couple of days ago, but Andrew Hussey did just JK Rowling us, but, like, I'm not even mad at this one. <laughs> yeah, like, TLDR, everyone, a Solix is trans? Solix trans? Solix trans. Wait, I did read through this. Aridin tried to talk about gender with his seahorse dad. Is Aridin trans? Aridin might be trans. Aridin might be trans. Aridin is questioning at the very least. 
You know what? If you're going to JK Rowling your story, this is the only valid way to do it. <laughs> In the middle of an entire Shrek tirade. Tirade. That's a, that's a good word for it. It's so in character. Yeah. Solix says trans rights. Solix says trans rights. Well, Solix's dad says trans rights. <laughs> yes, that's true. His very supportive dad. I do have to point this one out because Andrew Hussey says that Solix's dad never calls him by his dead name, which means that Solix's Lucis is also psychic. Or did Solix's dad that know that Solix was trans all along and just knew the name, like Solix's real name by psychicism from a baby? Maybe. Or, or I'm sorry, a grub. Yeah, wait, wait, you know, could be. I don't know. I don't even know what to think of this. <laughs> Just when you think uh, it's the the homestuck is over, that's all the homestuck there is to be had, then it's all ogre now. No. Anyway, I'm more endeared to Solix at this point. Yes, I would agree with that. Anyway, that had nothing to do with the reading session today. No, we didn't even really see Solix almost at all. Or Aridin. We didn't see either of them. We definitely didn't see Shrek. <laughs> no, we definitely didn't see Shrek. The father figure. We saw a lot of Carcat. We saw so much fucking Carcat. It was a very Carcat heavy reading session. We finally got to make her pay. Yes, we did right at the end of this reading session. Do we want to save the best for last? Well, to me, the best is Carcat. I mean, yeah, but like, there's so much Carcat. So, Carcat is very good. Are we gonna get through all of Carcat at the back half of the episode, or are we gonna get, like, get through him right now? I'll generously let you decide, since you love him so much. Then I wanna save Carcat for last. Okay. So that I can, you know, gush about that, all of that. And I'm also gonna call out 16-year-old me a lot. You'll see it, you'll see when we get there. But Make Her Pay is a lot more disorienting than I remember it. <laughs> At least the back half. The, I mean, the front half is very beautiful. Yeah. And has art done it by an artist that is not credited in the YouTube video where we watched Make Her Pay. So I can't really talk about them here, which sucks, because the art they did for that one is very good. So I wish I could, like, credit them here. Those were, they were really good. They were beautiful. Like, there was some A-plus art in there. Elizabeth, I don't know if you, you got this because it did happen so fast, but you realized that Terezi was blinded immediately by the Alternian sun because it burns brighter than the Earth's sun, right? I'm, um, no, but like that, when I think about that, that makes sense. Like the whole thing, how Kanai is the only one who can go out in the sun. And how trolls are generally nocturnal. Right. So what Vriska did was basically lure Terezi out during the day and get her to open her eyes. And she was just, she was immediately blinded. What Vriska did is that she uh, psychically manipulated Tavros to psychically manipulate Terezi's dragon, who is an animal, so he can do that, to tell her to go outside and look up at the sky while she was dreaming, but she also just woke up. Right. You know, that was actually kind of a risky plan on Vriska's part. There were a lot of moving parts there. It was a lot. I'm kind of surprised it went off like that. The sense that I got was that she wasn't really thinking, like, logically or in terms of the consequences that this could have. She was just angry. 
oh, I lost my fucking arm. Well, Terezi's gonna pay. Right. Like, she literally got her arm and her, her magic eye just completely destroyed. It was just exploded because of Doc Scratch. Right. Then after all of that, like, all of the pretty stuff that made sense, then it went on this, like, really, really quick montage of, like, all of the characters fighting in their lands, and then Aradia just beat the shit out of Riska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, boy. A lot. I mean, Riska did kind of deserve it since she did, you know, kill Aradia, to be fair. She just comes out of nowhere, like, X gonna give it to you, just, like, flings Vriska around and only stops because Tavros looks scared about it. Yeah. Tavros is her very good friend that she played all those games with, and she wouldn't want to accept Tavros, would she? No, of course not. A quick animator's side note, the, the part where Vriska is getting beat up, I'm not gonna get too into it, but... The screen direction on it is actually kind of horrible, but <laughs> but also this was one of the first like very active flashes that he did and where he's like starting to experiment with like the full body ratios of everybody. So I'm not going to give him too much shit for it. I just want to say it's kind of horrible. It's not, it's not really, the screen legibility of it doesn't work. No. Don't direct your animations like this. No, but you know, for the first... Flash that was really like this. Not bad. This is the first time we've got a flash in a while. I know. Oh my god, I'm so glad. Those are like my favorite part, and I've missed them a lot. And I know I, know I just came back from giving this shit about like the fight scene not being choreographed well. But other than that, it was a pretty good flash. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it was a really good choice in terms of like the story to tell the part about Riska blinding Terezi in this way, because it's sort of been building up to it that we know this happened somehow and we know why. And we know all of these different moving parts. There's just been this gap in the middle where we don't know how it actually happened. I kind of take it for granted a lot that, you know, a new reader wouldn't know how this happened. For me, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, she got blinded by the sun. And the fucking poetic cinema of, like, watching it happen in a flash like this is just very good. Oh, yeah. And I also think it brought a lot more emotion, actually, partly because, like, the movement. Hussey could have done this in the series of pictures that he's he's done a lot of other scenes, but the movement, the variety of expressions, the branching out of depicting the characters in these different ways that he does almost solely in flashes, it felt like it brought this to life a lot more for me. It, it was really cool. Yeah, if you go back to the Ascend flashes from earlier with Dave ascending to the roof of his apartment building, there's this one shot they have of his feet going up the stairs and it's like kind of like this gradient thing. But they do that shot, a like a similar shot to that in this one, but it's fully animated and it's very yes. good. That was exactly what I was thinking of, the, the comparison there with the... Uh. And there's just more of those like full body shots, not like the, like the cartoon icon characters they have. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really important. I was noticing that a lot just in even the still images, there were a lot more of those just hanging around 
that's a little more characteristic of like stuff that happens in Act 5, Act 2 and on because up until now we only get like those full body shots and like really important moments. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the mixture is different later on and this is like a good transition into that. Yeah. Also, I know I harp on Andrew Hesse for not having like a credit for the art that wasn't his in there. But also the mixing of, like, artistic styles in here is very good. It was really good. Pay your artists and credit them, but this this was a good execution of it. Right. I think what worked best for me was how it all meshed together. So it, it's funny, actually, because I've talked before about how Homestuck seems trouble finding a consistent tone. And I actually think he hit the nail on the head here with the dissonance of what we know is happening and what we know is coming in the dramatic irony sort of way. Like me going into this, seeing this for the first time, I had no idea. You know, Liz obviously didn't tell me what this flash was going to be about. All I said was I'm excited that you get to see Make Her Pay. Right. But I figured uh, from like frame one that it was going to be about Friska blinding Terezi. So I knew that from an audience knows what the uh, what the characters don't, aka dramatic irony perspective. But also, there's the irony of us knowing what Terezi doesn't. So the contrast of the violence of the parts with Riska and the peace of the parts with Terezi was really interesting. I actually think it was done very well, like this deliberate dissonance. Especially since we know that even though this was horrible for Vriska to do, and it was it was an act of revenge, clearly, for Terezi, it turned out that it wasn't. I don't think the result was what Vriska wanted. No, because Terezi does say in a chat later that she's kind of glad that she is able to navigate the world in this new, fun way. She wouldn't change things if she could. and. I think that's actually conveyed really well with the shot of Terezi lying lying back in the sun with her eyes closed. Like, she doesn't look like she's experienced something traumatizing. She looks like she's experienced something beautiful. Well, she did not know how to, how to smell shit then. She was a, probably a little traumatized. Like, she was still blinded. But uh, she's, she said earlier- <laughs> She also said earlier that this was also the first moment that her dream self woke. And the first time she contacted her Lucis, she was in contact with her Lucis. So, like, it was... Like, it was a bonding experience. Like, learning how to navigate the world like this is like, was like an experience that she had with her mother, basically. Like Right, despite that it was this uh, horrifying like act of violent revenge by Vriska, it ended up causing all of this, in many ways, positive change in Therese's life. And I think that those dual tones worked really well. Yeah, I, I think in the fading in and out of, of the dream selves, and it was really good. I do have to say, I know everybody kind of, like, makes fun of, like, people being like, oh, you know, I, I skipped to Act 5 to, you know, see the trolls. Act, Acts 1 through 4 kind of bored me. As I'm reading through Act 5, I feel like Act 5 is when Andrew Hesse really gets a firm grasp on his storytelling structure. Mm-hmm. Homestuck is more enjoyable to read now. 
Yes. I had the thought when we were reading all of these memos. Yes, it was so good. I remember there was a lot of like sort of time jumping and it was sort of like the end of Act 4, I guess it was, where there was all of this time jumping and it was like in the future, in the past, in the present, in the future, in the past or whatever. And I remember being so annoyed and so disoriented in a way that really wasn't pleasant and in a way that was why we ended up having to have the recap. And here, it did not feel like that. Like, I was a little like, okay, so what's what's the timeline here? But after thinking for a minute, I felt like I knew what was going on and when. And it seemed enjoyable. And what was being kept from me felt like, oh, I'll, I'll get to this. And I'll know what's going on. And it's a good storytelling device rather than being intentionally frustrating. I think just in the span of Act 5 that we've read so far, he's gotten a lot better. Homestuck good? Homestuck good, question mark? Homestuck good? (laughs) I need to balance out the universe, so I'll say there were a couple parts in the pastor logs where we had to kind of stumble because there were unexpected slurs. Like Mario Kart banana peels. The one that I actually am not mad about. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah, yeah. I think you know which one I'm talking about. When they had a future arachnid script and it- Yes, and it shortened the- yeah. It, it's shortened to the F- the, the, the worst F word that we can't say. Yeah. I think that one was, like, actually kind of funny because, like, Karkat goes, huh, buy that, and then he's like, wow, I wish that was a real slur so that that, <laughs> that, that would have really hit you because homophobia doesn't exist in troll culture. Right, right, like, so there is that. I, I do think that, like, since he was shortening all of the names like that, I feel like if it had been me, I would have, I would also have gone like, oh, shit. I have one that's AG and then and then I'm I'm shortening them all with these past and future things. Uh but there is no homophobia in troll culture. There's no homophobia in troll culture. <laughs> it was awkward reading it because we read it out loud and when we get to words like that we just sort of skip them. But it wasn't it wasn't bad. That that one I did I did laugh at because I'm like okay that's not a joke at the detriment to others that's just like hey troll culture we like gay people wait it's like ah oh, imagine if that was real whatever but apparent wait a minute going back on it going back to the cold open of this episode so homophobia doesn't exist but transphobia does exist ah <laughs> Andrew Hussey I mean. Bad father-son relationships exist. Yeah. But was Aridin's Lucis transphobic? Or did he just not want to talk to his son? It seemed like Aridin's Lucis just didn't want to talk about gender. Okay. Either Aridin was just like, hey, you know, I'm Aridin now, I use he, him, and the dad was just like, fine, I don't wanna I don't wanna even address it. And didn't, you know, have, like, that that good thing that you should do with your kids where you're like, oh, thanks for telling me. Right. I'm so glad. Let's go out for ice cream because you told me a fact about yourself that will help me raise you better. Right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) World building is a strange and winding process and sometimes it ends with Shrek and sometimes it 
ends with making transphobia exist in your world on accident. On accident. Let me let me tell you something. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. At least he didn't make transphobia a thing in his world on purpose. I'm looking at you, most writers. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to name anybody because you probably just thought of three on the top of your head when I said that. Yeah. You know what? The fact that trans people exist in this world and like, you know, he just accidentally included transphobia when talking about how a a character saw Shrek as a father figure. Like, you know, there are worse things. There genuinely are worse things. We have to take this good thing that we've been getting and just kind of run with it. I think so, too. Also, I don't know if we've ever talked about June Egbert on the show. No, I don't think we have, but we might as well mention it now since we're on the subject. Which, I I know I know on the podcast we, we call call uh, June J- John because, like, I guess in the just in the narrative that's, that's how they're presented. But, like, I mean, John Egbert trans- her name's June. Yeah. And that's canon because of a Toblerone thing. <laughs> I don't know if you picked this up, Elizabeth. That's canon because of the ARG Toblerone thing. You know, I'm not entirely sure how that happened. Somebody found the Toblerones and basically got to, like, a- I-, I think it was either ask Andrew Hussey a question or something, and I think they asked if June Egbert was canon he was just like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. Right. That could be wrong. No, no, that sounds yeah, like- I, I do zero research <laughs> for this show. No, I, I do research. No, but we didn't- I do them for the mini yeah, games, Yeah, no, though. we just didn't plan on talking about this, so we didn't do research on that. But this is also a- I want to say, like, a tricky or confusing thing to talk about, because obviously we want to be respectful as much as conceivably possible. Within the narrative we are reading, there's the character called John and referred to using he, him. So, regardless of Toblerone canonical confirmations, I think that's how we need to talk about that character. If John Egbert were a real person... Then obviously we'd be calling her June, but... Exactly. John Egbert is a character in a story, and also... The fact that June is here and presents herself in that way is something that was an afterthought. So, right. We're talking about John Egbert, folks. Yes. Like, we acknowledge that that June Egbert is happening, and obviously we support trans girls and trans women in talking about trans girls and trans women in real life. We would refer to by their names and by she, her pronouns, or whatever pronouns they would want to go by. This is not that. Just the concept of June is a real sweet thing, though. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Occasionally, I see Homestuck fan art somewhere on the internet, in in the vast recesses of the internet, and um, I've occasionally seen June fan art, and I love it. Sometimes I send you June fan art. Yes, that's true. I think you've sent me some. Yes. We're at the point where where we just send each other Homestuck fan art now. Yeah. You know, I'll just see it sometimes and go, oh, that's great. Y'all, you make a lot of good fan art. Anyway, I don't know where we were going with this. I don't remember what we were talking about. Real quick, what do we have to talk about before I get into the car cat zone? (laughs) If there's anything you want to talk about before the end of the episode, I guess Nepeta and 
crashing into Equius with like the tiny little cubes was cute. I really do like Nepeta. And her relationship with Equius feels marginally more equal now that they're like together in the same space. Because despite the fact that Equius is like the strongest guy in the world or whatever, Nepeta's just like, I'm gonna bat you around with my huge razor sharp claws. And I think that's great. Which, you know, y'all, I don't know if I've said, I do have a kitten right next to me. That's what she's doing to me right now through this whole recording. (laughs) I got a five-year-old with a bunch of tiny knives attached to her. That's what a four-month-old kitten is. Yes. I adopted her, by the way. I did not adopt, don't shop. She just has a bunch of knives and you're having to record as she pokes you with them. Also, Vriska and Tavros actually fucking talked their shit out. Yeah. I was actually very surprised by that. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to bring up next. Like, that turned out marginally better than I thought it would. There was still, like, some uncertainty of, like, Tavros thought that was his fault, and then he felt bad about it. It was like, it actually felt more like a teenage misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, than I thought it was going to. Risco's like, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't feel that way. So I'm like, I know hard feelings, whatever, which is like, it was still, she still shouldn't have done that. Um, And she did not apologize. But she did back off. (laughs) She did back off. Which is better than you can say for most people, unfortunately. Especially, you know, like, 13-year-olds, like, it's still bad, but the fact that it was, it was Vriska, and she was like, I acknowledge your feelings, and I, this won't happen again. Basically, it was like, oh, well, cool. You know what that means, everybody? If you kiss someone, and they tell you to stop, and you keep doing that, you're worse than Vriska. This is true. Don't do that. (laughs) I mean, clearly don't do that. But especially because it would make you worse than Vriska. That's the scale of badness we're talking about here. The scale of badness is Vriska. I think that's every non-Carcat thing. I mean, you know, there were the, um... What are they called? The exiles, yeah. I don't fucking care. (laughs) No, I don't really either. We'll get to them eventually, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, by the way, Terezi doesn't fucking trust Jack Noir. Because he smells bad. Well, he doesn't smell bad. He moves bad. He moves bad. Exactly. I do think that's it. Because I am going to talk more about Terezi in the second half, too. Because she talked a lot to Karkat. Yeah, she, she talked so much to Karkat. And again, I'm just going to say this in advance of the minigame. I'm just, like, sorry to everybody for, like, everything I'm going to say in the second <laughs> half. I'm going to call out my 16 to 19-year-old self. It's going to be a ride. If you were annoyed by me gushing about Terezi, you haven't seen anything yet, you fuckers. (laughs) Buckle in, because it's going to be a real fun, wild second half. All right, fuck faces. It's time for the worst part of the episode. It's the, uh... Mid episode minigame. I am your host, Troll Liz, on this ASMR channel. <laughs> this is my ASMR roleplay where I gut an imp here in front of my microphone. Oh god, please don't. Let me get those brain tingles out. Elizabeth, do you uh 
know why you're here today. I have a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, it's time for a fucking minigame. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, I was right. Go ahead and tell the audience what games we can play today. So, the options are Troll Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Troll The Price is Right, Troll Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, and Troll Super. Then, you know, if you if you fall asleep during this one, that's fine. It's the a- ASMR, just like gentle, soothing murder sounds. Soothing murder sounds to put you to sleep ten hours long. So yeah, why don't you uh spin the wheel? Go ahead and spin that wheel. Uh we're gonna play Troll Supermarket Sweep. Alright, fuckers. Troll Supermarket Sweep is where I give Elizabeth two items. One of them is a troll food and one of them is just another random fucking troll word that I just picked out of the goddamn dictionary. And Elizabeth has to tell me which one is the food. And if she gets all of them right, all three of them right, then I give her a word and she's to tell me the definition of it. And if she gets that right, she gets a prize. Yeah. I've done pretty well at this one in the past, so we'll Because you're fancy Latin. Yeah, exactly. Because my fancy lap. I just want you to know that I've made this round way harder. Okay, we'll we'll see if I'm ready then. But, uh, you know, as far as I know. So are are you, uh, do you want me to give you the first look? Yes, please. All right, Elizabeth, I've got two words here. Would you rather eat a grub tube or a grub worst? A grub tube or a grub worst? Yes. Um, I need to ask, is the second one spelled G-R-U-B-W-U-R-S-T? Yeah. Then that one. You you want to eat the grub worst? Yes. Uh, that is correct, uh, because you would be eating a sausage. Yes, I would. Like a bratwurst. A grub tube is like YouTube. Ah, I see. Yes. Like the, the social media platform. Are you ready for your second? Yes, I am. Set. All right, these are going to get a little harder now. Okay. Would you rather eat a husk loaf or a pump biscuit? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with husk loaf. Yeah, that's the one you would rather eat. But Elizabeth, what is a husk loaf? I'm guessing it's just like a loaf of bread. No, it's actually a pie. Huh. I don't know why either. A pump biscuit is a heart. Ooh. So uh, you would not be wanting to eat those unless you're from certain cultures where it, there, there's no stigma around it. They season it in a way in which it's delicious. Run the third one by me. All right. Would you rather eat a meat tunnel or a grub slurry? Wow. What a time. Don't read too much into these. Yeah, no. I'm getting... Oh. Mm. I hate that. I gotta go with... Whether it's right or not, I gotta go with meat tunnel. You're gonna eat someone's throat? I thought it would be something like that, but, like, I couldn't possibly choose the other one. You know what it sounded like. Um, like the incestuous slurry. Yes! That's exactly what it sounds like. From which I was hatched. If grubs hatch in a slurry, then why is that not called grub slurry? Like, so what is this? What is this? Tell me what this means. Ground meat. What? Like, like a ground meat. You know, I've been on board (laughs) up until now. But that morphology, that syntax makes no sense. 
the semantic combination of those two terms, the ambiguity there is incomprehensible to me. In what universe, and I don't mean, I mean clearly this is a different universe, but in what hypothetical universe would the words for like ground meat and amniotic fluid be the same? It's like when you come home from work as a legislaturator and uh, you, you put your hat on the coat rack and you say, honey, I'm home. And your, your mate sprit turns around and they say, all right, honey, uh, tonight I thought we'd make some grub slurry. And you don't know if they're talking about uh, <laughs> ground meat or if, they, or if the Imperial drones have come by to fill those filial pails. <laughs> that is the worst possible ambiguity. You understand, though, right, why I couldn't possibly have given any other answer. I do have to tell you, a grub refers both to the young of trolls and also a type of livestock we have. That's as if we in English called babies and cows the same thing. Hey, Elizabeth. As well as, as well as ground meat and amniotic fluid. Hey, Elizabeth. Because you've been such a good sport today, do you want to take a crack at telling me what the definition of one of these words are? You know what? Why not? This is how you redeem yourself. Elizabeth, <laughs> I'm setting the table for you at this Outback Steakhouse, and Vriska is your waiter. <laughs> and she's, she puts a menu in front of you, and there's only one thing on the menu, and that thing is a flavor disc. A flavor disc. Elizabeth, what are you eating? I have many options here because the only evidence is that it has flavor, which it's food. So I hope so. And it's in the shape of a disc. Many foods are in the shape of a disc. Exactly. Many foods are in the shape of a disc. May I ask a clarifying question? Oh, sure. Go on. Uh, I am at this Outback Steakhouse. Yes. What meal am I there for? Not steak, my friend! No, 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 no. You misunderstand. Am I there for dinner? <laughs> yes, you are there for dinner. Okay, okay. You could also theoretically be there for breakfast or lunch, but I think traditionally it's mostly dinner. Okay, so this is something I would... It's an anytime meal. Mmm, <laughs> okay. This is something that I, I would order for dinner at an Outback Steakhouse. You would not order it at an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Actually, this doesn't matter much because I've never been to an Outback Steakhouse. Well, they don't serve this. <laughs> no, that's good to know, actually. I've been there many times. They do not serve this. Okay, that narrows it down. Thank you. Thank you. That's very helpful. Oh, no, I'm giving you hints. <laughs> well, I only really had the two options in terms of disc-shaped foods that I thought of immediately. Quesadillas. That's true. You know, I hadn't thought of that. A quesadilla is a disc-shaped food. Quiche. <sighs> anyway, go on. What are you saying? Quiche is, is, is arguably a disc-shaped food, as is a quesadilla, but the answer I'm going to go with is a pancake. That's fucking wrong. What a shame. I, I did misspeak. This is not served at any Outback Steakhouse. You really should have gotten this menu at Troll Little Seegers, because it is a pizza! Uh, oh! P-I-Z-Z-A! Okay, okay, yeah. 
Give me pizza! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, sure. Why not? Marshmallows! Whipped cream flowing like waterfalls! What? I want pizza! Oh boy. Um, well, I, I failed to redeem myself. You fucking did. Which means you failed twice. Uh, and do you know what happens when you fail fucking twice? Do I get to read more Homestuck? You get to read double more Homestuck. Great. I'm so happy about that. Okay, Liz, Liz. Yes. I'm going yes. to give you the floor and I'm just going to, I'm going to watch the timer. I'm going to give you five minutes to say all of the things about Carcat that your little heart desires. No, no, you gotta give me, you gotta give me more than five minutes. You just, gotta give me more like than five minutes. Little, I won't interrupt. I won't interrupt at all. You, oh, are you fucking serious? Yeah, you know, I won't interrupt at all. You can just talk about Carcat for five minutes. Just say whatever you want. Just, you just get to gush about him, okay? Are, is this a trap? No. No, I would just I'm just say I just want to make sure you get all of your car cap feelings out. Okay, this feels and like a trap. Go. This, okay, so um, I think car cat was just like very genuinely sweet this time. Like, obviously he's an asshole, and he's always going to be an asshole. That's not something you can fix on this boy. This boy's always an asshole. One hundred percent grade A asshole. Um. But, like, also, he, people would, like, come up to him with, like, problems, and he'd be like, okay, this is a public forum. I don't know if you really want to talk about this here, but I will. He was mending fucking relationships, even though he's, he, he, he talks about, like, how he's not really, like, super experienced, but he, he does it anyway, just out of the goodness of his heart. Not really. It's actually because he loves his friends, but he's not going to tell them that. Because, you know, he's car cat fucking Vantaz. But, also, he, he kind of like, he fucking, um, what do you, what do you call it? He confided in Kanaya that he's, uh, not really cut out to be, um, anybody's kismesis. Not because he can't hate people, which I think is the secret reason why, but because he, um, he, his standards are too high. You know, that's what a lot of people say when they, you know, ah, ah. I think he's lying to himself. Goddamn. Um, also, uh, something's going on with the Kanaya. I'm not here to talk about Kanaya. I'm here to talk about Carcat. Um, he was very, very, um, worried that, like, uh, Terezi telling people his blood color would make them not respect him as a leader. They already kind of don't respect him as a leader anyway. At least not Equius. But that's not the point. They actually do. But no trolls are actually going to say that to each other uh, because that's too gushy and mushy. Um, but also Trezzy thinks that they do uh, respect him. And I think they do too because, you know, they're friends. Um, and, uh, oh man, I feel like I'm running out of time. But, um, no, you still have like, you still have like three whole minutes. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, He's just, like, you You can see where he's, like, trying to be genuine, but it's not really, like, connecting all the way. Um, because, like, he, he's still, 
like, keeping some parts of himself away from everybody else. Which, you know, he- in, in, on Alternia, that's probably a good idea because he could have gotten cold. Um, but now he doesn't really have to worry about that anymore, but it's still, like, a lingering worry he has. Because you can't really, like, get rid of that insecurity overnight. I don't really blame him for that. Also, he's, like, flirting with himself black from, which, like, uh, dude, get yourself a room. Um, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I also want to call out 16-year-old me, because there were three, there were, like, three whole pages of, like, a Carcat Trezzy conversation. I'll say it to everybody. I was a Carrezzy shipper when I was a kid. And it was only because, you know, that was like the, it was like a very, uh, well, this is a cute conversation, but hey, I know what happens in the end. I don't really think it's really viable anymore. And also, there's like better things to ship. Also, at the same time, 16-year-old me didn't know how romance works, so whatever. Um, what else? How many, how many more minutes do I have? Minute and a half. Minute and a half? I love Carcat. He's great. Um, <laughs> super great. No, you have you have another minute and a half to fill. No, I do have another minute and a half to fill, and I can fill it. I can fill it. Listen, he's very into romance novels and shit, and like I can see him like trying to, uh, you know, like categorize that and into his friends, and like trying trying to pin that on people. But, like, that's, it's not how it is in the movies, and he's gonna have to learn that later on in the narrative. And he's also gonna have to learn that he can't always just, like, tell his friends, like, the end-all be-all, like, their, their solution. Because that will actually fuck him over later on, especially in the meteor arc. When he- there's this whole thing. We'll get into it. It's great. I love it. Because it really does show the flaws of this part of his character. Even though I love this part of this char- of his character. It it also shows that, like, you can't control people like that. Uh, kind of like how, you know that, you know how in Steven Universe now, they're, like, getting into this arc where, like, Steven, Steven as, like, a 16-year-old is trying to solve other people's problems instead of his own? That's kind of what's happening here, except if Steven was just, like, a really angry asshole instead of a really nice kid. There we go. I, that, that's what I have to say about that. I just love Carcat, and he's, uh... Yeah, okay, your time is up. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so that that's my rant, my Carcat rant. Do you agree with any of that? Yes, I think I agree with all of it. And in defense of your 16-year-old self, if I had seen those conversations when I was 16, I'd be like, oh, that's cute, you know? Yeah. So... Knowing what happens later on, <laughs> totally no. Yeah, <laughs> no. Just hard pass. <laughs> But also, I was 16, so get off my fucking back, everybody else. And also, you know, stuff hadn't happened yet. Right. Stuff in the narrative. Plenty of stuff. I remember I had a conversation with my friends in high school who also were, were very into it. And I remember we had, like, this heated debate where we were like, if it's not can- I, re- I remember this very vividly. If it's not canon, like- it's, there's obviously all these literary drops that it is, and if it's not, I'm gonna be so mad. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm here, and I'm like, I'm not mad, actually. <laughs> I'm mad what they did to Terezi, not mad about them not being together. So, like, chill out, 16-year-old me. You know what that is? Growth. <laughs> I feel like you got to most of your main points there. I also, you know, I got to sort of host for a while by myself last episode, so I thought I would give you that chance 
to just have that feeling of being the sole proprietor of this establishment. How did it feel? I kind of want to kick you off the podcast now. Oh, really? Because that's exactly how I felt when I was <laughs> hosting by myself last time. So I'm glad we're in agreement. We should just have two dueling podcasts at this point. <laughs> yeah. I have a great idea. What if instead of two dueling podcasts, it was like this thing where we combined them um, and we were still at odds, but it was in one recording and, oh, wait, oh, that's what we're doing already. Oh my gosh, we're so smart. Uh, it was my idea, so it's really, I'm smart. Uh-huh. Anyway, is there anything you wanted to say about Carcat? About Carcat? Yeah. No. Are you, you endeared to him more now? Yes, I mean, I was already endeared to him. He's your son. Yes, he's my son. We established this last time. Son too. You covered most of the main points. He is just good. He's doing his best. He's trying to help his friends out with their problems and also be the leader and just having so many conversations with himself. Bless his soul. My favorite parts, of course, were the Kanaya bits, but that's to be expected. Oh, yeah. Man, who's Kanaya read for? Gosh, I wonder. One of my favorite parts, I will admit, and I'm sure, Liz, you noticed this when we were uh, when we were reading, was when Corkat was trying to figure out who it was that Kanaya was talking about, and Kanaya accidentally mentioned that it was a girl, and Corkat was like, oh, that narrows this down some, and Kanaya was just like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That was very good. Did Kanaya really need to specify that she was uh, feeling anything for a girl? Because, like, we all know Kanaya. It, you're not subtle. I just feel like Kanaya with any guy is just incomprehensible. It, 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 if it happened, the world would explode. Yeah. Yeah, like, even more than it already does in Homestuck. Anyway, who do you think it is? Uh, gosh, I just don't know. Um, we'll have to, we'll have Give to Give me a fucking see. name, Elizabeth. No. Elizabeth, it's almost time for the episode to be over. You got to tell me what it is, you bitch. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, now I really feel like I just want to keep that to myself. You know, it's private. Do you think it's Nepeta? We'll see. Wait, do you think it's Terezi? Are you just going to name all of them? Do you think it's Aradia? <laughs> do you think it's Equius? <laughs> uh, okay, I think we're done. Do you think it's Feffery? I I think I think we're done. Do you think it's Kanaya but her past self? She's no car cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody, that's gonna be all of the homesuck we had for today. Today we read through pages two thousand five hundred and sixteen through two thousand five hundred and seventy-eight. You can read all of Homestuck at homestuck.com. And you can find the accessible versions linked on our Tumblr blog, lookhowsane.tumblr.com. Also, all the transcriptions are there. I didn't do the closeout last time, so I forgot what I usually say because I didn't do it since last decade. No, you... <laughs> and Elizabeth writes all those transcriptions. Yes, I do do that. We also have a Twitter, at how underscore sane. You can send us a question or comment, things like that. All of that good stuff. John? Yes. June? Michael. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, try again. John, Mike John Michael writes all our music. And by all our music, I mean the one song he did for us. Yes. And it slaps. It does. I love it every time. 
If you like our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. You know, I check it from time to time. And then if I see a new rating or review, I, I just go straight to Liz and tell her and we celebrate. It's the little victories in life. It's just very nice of y'all. Yes. We really appreciate it. And just tell all of your friends about it. You know, tweet about it. Post about it. All of that. Spread the word as much as possible. And until next time, remember, everybody, that Vriska did nothing wrong. You know, I think I said that for the first time since we've been introduced to her uh, last episode. And yet I'm right because, you know, she actually had some fucking boundaries with Tavros this time. Yeah, that was that was really great. I mean, there was the whole blinding Terezi thing, but you know, it's fine. Who cares? She wanted that. Right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>